almost live from a library near you, this is Hellions Talks, starring the masked library, Kevin Hellion. He is the lauder of the long box, the hero of the hall, and he's on a mission to bag and board them all. Now the Retro Network proudly presents a talk show of comic proportions. Hello everyone, Kevin here with another episode of Hellions Talks. Feeling less than stellar today, but I got good reactions from last week's solo episode, which is keeping me moving forward today. Um, no guests yet, so it's just me talking about comics and wrestling. And if you missed uh, the explanation for where we're going next, uh, don't worry. That was on last week's episode, which you can find in the same feed you found this week's episode. Uh, interestingly enough, last week's episode was considered overall as part of this, episode 37. Not in a row. Lots of breaks in there. <clears throat> and this week, uh, as of recording, according to my Facebook memories post, um, is the anniversary of when I decided I was going to switch over from it being the hot tag, which I did as part of, uh, the house show podcast and changing it into hellions talks so still still here technically <laughs> um so good feedback from last week a lot of good responses through social media through email uh even in person um and i thank everyone for that and it is uh allowing me to keep going and record more today and talk about more stuff today with all of you so I hope that everyone enjoys it and enjoys what we talk about this week and we get into some cool stuff. All right, follow up from last week. Um, I was asking about uh, Conan and Red Sonia issues and how come the Conan license and affiliated characters is switching, but Red Sonia is not. In fact, how has Red Sonia been with Dynamite for forever? And, not, uh, you know, in Marvel when Conan was or Dark Horse previously... And one of my friends, my friend Joe, reached out to me and said that uh, they are the Red Sonia that <clears throat> I am reading and collecting and published by Dynamite is not technically the same Red Sonia from the comics. It's kind of a amalgamation combination of previous characters into this new character. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. But then why wouldn't Marvel own it? You know, because it was created uh, during that Conan run. So apparently, <clears throat> the Red Sonia we're all familiar with is a combination of Red Sonia with a Y, with a Y, I believe, um, Dark Agnes and Belit, and they were all combined into one character, Red Sonia with a J, which was created by Roy Thomas when he was writing the Conan series for Marvel. Somehow, even though that was created as part of the Conan series for Marvel, <clears throat> and certain other characters that were created for that character are still, you know, Marvel properties. Um, that version of Red Sonia is considered a separate Roy Thomas creation and is actually owned by the Red Sonia LLC. Um, uh, business? Company? Whatever. You know, on paper, it's considered a separate character. There was a lawsuit later on of um, who actually owns the rights to it, and both sides settled for a dollar each and pretty much just wanting access to both versions of the character. Um, 
My guess is because you look in in between the last bit of Red Sonia that Marvel did and the first bit that Dynamite did, it's about 20 years. And Conan was definitely, I forget the exact time frame when Conan stopped at Marvel, but there was there was a time where there was you know nothing going on, and then Dark Horse picked it back up. Uh, so my guess is even if Marvel wanted, they probably didn't see any point or any use in a side character for a character that's not even selling. Um, I think the only, or maybe the last Marvel thing I remember is the what if where uh, Conan and Wolverine switch places. And based on when I was reading comics, that had to have been late 80s, early 90s at most, but I'm pretty sure pre that, because it would have been like pre-image and all, so yeah, probably late 80s. Uh, but it was interesting, copyright issues for this stuff is always interesting, um, what is allowed isn't allowed, what's buried and all, which is why when I go through the dollar bins, I am trying to put together an entire collection of the Ultraverse line. No one cares about Ultraverse, Marvel. So the the story at the time was Marvel's buying the Ultraverse. They're going to combine the characters. Okay, cool. Then it became, well, they didn't really want the characters. They wanted the printing because Ultraverse's uh, printing methods were so much better than Marvel's. And there was some stuff from Malibu that was very good, but it was more their turnaround time and their speed while still retaining a level of quality. Uh, and you can listen to this on uh, Wizards Podcast, actually, uh, which recently had one of the founders of Malibu on there talking about all of this. So then later on, the story coming out, and this has all been over, you know, like 20 plus years, the story was DC was going to buy Ultraverse. Marvel didn't want DC to have such a big piece of the comic pie, so they placed a bigger offer to just bury it. But then apparently within some of the contracts for Ultraverse are deals where uh, creators still get paid X amount of money for any issues that are published and that Marvel doesn't want to have to pay people out for these because, you know, Marvel owns all their characters. So they don't want to have to, you know, whatever, however the deal's set up, they don't want to be paying out the money for it. And I still think the truth is not completely out. Ever so often there's a interview with someone who says, I've seen the whole legal things, I am not at liberty to discuss it, but there's a lot that is not known, that, you know, are, it's the real reasons we can't do this. Uh, which sinks, because I think there's some great characters in there that uh, could still, you know, with Marvel having done Secret Wars a few years ago, could have easily brought any of these characters you wished into the Marvel Universe. Put them with uh, Avengers, with Thunderbolts, with x-men with you know whoever you want to and just scatter them throughout uh much like i mean dc wildstorm characters pop up here and there i was actually really shocked i was watching um what was it flashpoint beyond uh animated movie and grifter's on there but it's not really he's just kind of there it's not really explained who he is or anything and you don't need to get into like wildcats or the <clears throat> conflict with the daemonites or anything like that jeez i can't remember i can't believe i remember that word it was more that, um, oh, hey, Grifter's here. We need a hero. But yeah, that's why when I'm out, I'm constantly going through long boxes for these. And I got a list going, a, a app on my phone to tell which ones that I have. And I do really want that whole collection. And it's not that many overall. Even counting 
some of the Marvel stuff they did where they tried working it in for a while and transferred characters and all, we're probably talking 200 issues at the most here between all the Ultraverse stuff. And the vast majority of it, I can find cheap. I could probably find it even, you know, very cheap on eBay or an online comic store, but the hunt is part of the fun. So I want to continue that way. But that's what, you know, I, I was going through those, trying to organize them. There's a few other things I'm trying to get. And I mentioned it last week, and uh, again, uh, my friend Joe had emailed me, um, and uh, we talked about it at the comic shop, too. Um, the what, what to do with your collection. And my collection is, at, at this point, I feel out of hand. I've spent the last week uh, rearranging a lot of it, trying to figure stuff out. And it got to the point where I'm like, I have all these comics. I think I have somewhere between 20 and 25 boxes. Short boxes, thankfully. I'm, I, I decided a little while ago I'm too old to be carrying around long boxes everywhere. But I got like 20 to 25 short boxes. And they're just sitting in there. They're in a closet right now. They were out in the open, but that many boxes just sitting out there. Like, it, it doesn't look nice. It's not aesthetically pleasing. So I sent them back in the closet now. And then I ended up finding these uh, magazine holders that were at the Dollar Tree. And it's just a little cardboard thing, you, you know, fold into a shape, and it actually looks nice on the shelf. And I thought, all right, if I could organize all the books a bit better, I'd rather pull out one of these magazine holder things and have it say, okay, this box is, uh, you know, th this collection is Avengers 1, this one is Image stuff, this one is Ultraverse stuff, whatever. And it'd be neater, it'd be more organized, I could just flip through it, I could enjoy them. Um, but also, considering how many I have, I'm not doing that for all of it. So, and, and this conversation taking place all week with different people, uh, it's not like getting rid of it, some things financially, it's not, like, it's just to create more enjoyment for what I do have. So I started flipping through some of the boxes, and I'm like, why do I have this? Why do I have, like, I got, I, I, nothing against them, I'm not really, like, an X-Men person. Um, I did it in, you know, I got X-Men in the 90s when everyone was. And then I just got to a point where I realized, I don't know what's going on, and I don't care. But even since then, and I purged all those a while ago. But even since then, I got, like, random issues of, like, X-Men, X-Force, X-Everything showing up in my collection. And it's because I've bought grab bags. It's because I've bought, like, you know, um people's collections i've had stuff dropped off to me like all, a, a number of things have happened to just add these to my pile here and ultimately i'm like i don't care i'm even looking over at um the graphic novels i have over here and like i have okay i got uncanny x-force by rick Remender. i don't know if that's any good i i know where i end up with it i don't know if i care about it so i might just like get rid of that but then I also have uh, an old Uncanny X-Men, like, Dark Phoenix Saga one. Okay, that's, like, iconic storyline. That makes more sense. Uh, New X-Men actually really enjoyed Grant Morrison's run. I'll probably keep that. But a lot of these other ones, I'm just like, why? Why? They can go. So I think what I'm going to end up doing, um, I could either... I, got, I actually have a box right here of uh, random comic that someone gave me that I probably got like 50 copies of 
that this person just wanted gone, I think I might just offer that to my local shop and be like, hey, if you just need stuff to fill back issue bins, go ahead. And honestly, some of these common ones, I might just say like, you know, if you want them for cheap, go ahead. Because I've been looking at eBay prices for a lot of these too. I was like, well, let me just get rid of them. Even if I do it as a bundle, I'm getting, you know, less than a dollar each for a lot of these. Plus shipping, they're just, you know, stuff that's just not worth much. I'm like, is that really worth dealing with? And then we had conversation at the comic shop of, all right, well, if everyone has the attitude of the dollar comics aren't worth it, then you get into danger of people not doing dollar comics anymore. And if they're not doing it on eBay, then what if they don't do it, you know, at uh, comic cons and shows as well? And that is a good point. But I'm just like, for me, I'm not hanging on to like quarter bins of stuff that I'm not interested in. It's going to go. If I had a completely free weekend, I would debate just doing a yard sale for all of it. But I haven't had a, you know, completely free weekends just don't exist. Uh, speaking of completely free, though, I don't know about you guys, but it's been a long year and it seems to be a long summer as well. Is it worth it to just like say, I'm just taking a break? I'm going to go to work because, you know, we all got to go work. We got to make money. Um, I got to keep vacation time for uh, some for family visits for stuff later on so I can't just take a week off for the heck of it but I think outside of work I'm taking the week off uh starting today like I think I'll work and then I'm gonna come home I am exhausted I'm beat I don't feel good at all I think my body's telling me something and then and I can hear some of you and we'll get into some comics wrestling stuff here in a moment but I can hear some of you going, uh, hey, maybe you should go to the doctor. Funny you bring that up. Funny you bring that up. So, for anyone that doesn't know, because a lot of people do, um, I got a, a phone call um, from my ex saying, hey, uh, I was um, switching insurance and it says you're still on there. I'm like, I shouldn't be. I did that months ago. She's like, I'm just letting you know. You know, I thought it was weird too. Like, all right, so I call up, and they say, no, no, you're you're fine. You're switched over to your own thing. Everything's good. Uh, you're you're signed up and all taken care of through next year. I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, they said, but um, is the information correct on here? And they're going through address and phone number and everything. I'm like, oh, you know what? That information's not correct. Let's go ahead and change that. Thank you very much for pointing that out to me. says, okay, I'll transfer you over to another department. They'll switch over everything for you. I'm like, all right, cool. Switch over to the other department, and they say, oh, well, she's wrong. I was like, my information is correct. They say, no, no, no. She's wrong as in, uh, you are not good through next year. You're actually only good until the end of this month. Like, excuse me? Uh, I don't know. Like, I know I didn't do anything, so I'm not beating myself up. I don't know which phone call someone screwed this up on me, but I know I was told I was good, and then this guy's like, yeah, they read this stuff completely wrong. You are not good. Let's go ahead and get y'all signed up. Took hours. We had to like go through all sorts of stuff and information and back and forth. And oh, okay, we messed up this. Let's change this information. Guy was super helpful. Very nice. Very good. But it was just long. It took forever to get through all this. Finally done. He's like, all right, all of your stuff will be coming in the mail. Okay, awesome. I'm waiting, waiting. Nothing comes in the mail. I get a bill the last day of last month. 
And it's like, hey, you have to pay the bill in order for us to send your new cards and new information and officially be under insurance. I'm like, oh, thank you. Thank you for giving me plenty of time here. So thankfully there was an online option. So I just hopped on online immediately, typed in my account number, paid the balance, and yeah, I'm still waiting to get my card and everything. Because right now I'm like, I just need that uh, insurance record there so I can go get checked out and figure out why I don't feel good all the time. Uh, I've changed diet a lot. I've exercised um, more than I was before. And honestly, I think part of um, cleaning stuff out is uh, if I can clean physically, you know, my, my physical uh, home, then maybe that will help clean me inwardly as well, if that makes sense. You know, maybe uh, not only just the physical movement of us cleaning around, that's kind of a workout, but just like it's mentally freeing in a way. I don't know. Either way, um, stay tuned, guys, because I'm guessing once I set up a doctor's appointment and everything, uh, they're probably going to tell me that I need to stop doing certain things and start doing other things, is my guess. It's probably soon. And I'm 44, so I should have expected this. Alright, speaking of 44, though, it feels like I've been talking 44 hours about myself. Let's talk about some comics and some wrestling. Uh, so, last week I mentioned my frustration over the booking for New York Championship Wrestling. Uh, we had a double pinfall. We did not know who the champion was. Um, the person who everyone thought should have won, won, Adam Stone, had his whole family front row. Everyone was expecting it. Everyone, you could just feel it in the building. There should have been a title change, and instead they held up the title for a review. Now, if I understood, the original point was going to be when uh, they debut in Albany in September in order to hype up this new market, uh, the title is suspended in a ladder match, and the winner will officially be recognized as new champion. I'm like, okay, that's not a bad idea. You got this hot angle, you're going to go ahead and, and bring it over to new market. I was debating on driving, I'm sure his family was going to drive over. This isn't a bad thing. You know, a, a big storyline for your debut here. So then, since last week and this... New York Championship Wrestling posts on their page, uh, upon review of the match, we've decided Adam Stone's champion. I'm like, that oh, just sucks all the air out for both. If you're going to do that anyways, you should have done that live for the reaction. If you're going to hold it up, you should have held it up. And now to just, like, have this happen, you know, in a way off camera, it just kind of takes the air out of the booking, and it, it kind of ruins it for me in a little bit and i i say i i've not booked pro wrestling myself uh i know who's booking for them and i could ask but it's also i feel like it's not my place to ask either um i'm just saying this as a fan i do not understand but there's been plenty of stories in comics and in wrestling that are chapters of a longer story and when the whole story's done it's much better maybe this is chapter Maybe something else is going on. Maybe maybe your your previous champion, who Adam Stone was supposed to face at the show, can't work the show. And you're like, well, what's the point in having the ladder match for a suspended title if one of the guys can't work that show? Let's do something. That could be it, too. Maybe you uh, got a hot angle you're doing for that September show, and he needs to have the title now. Maybe other things have come you know, into focus. Like, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, as a fan, I did not understand this at all. 
still going to be there every show I can. I'm still going to support. Uh, I very much entertained and enjoy everyone that works for that company, but I, this, I just I still don't get it. So, let's go to the other thing I don't get. And that's, wow, what a week for Vince McMahon. Jeez. So, uh, a little while ago, we get the first uh, part of the story from Wall Street Journal that uh, Vince McMahon paid some uh, hush money to a, uh, I forget her name, a legal representative that was working for the company, he had an affair with, uh, he doubled her pay once they started, and then when she left, he had her sign like a one or two million, I forget, uh, NDA. Okay. We can debate this for a while, and, and I did last week, and I've heard many opinions from friends. Uh, so then it came out this week that there are numerous ones. Um, the, the lighter, lighter one was that, uh, apparently sent an unsolicited dick pic to someone. And when confronted, they just, uh, gave the woman money and told her to be quiet and go away. But the real one that got everyone was, uh... The, the allegation, I guess. Uh, I'm not sure what your words were supposed to use here, actually. Um, that he propositioned and received oral sex from one of the female talents uh, after promising if she does this, she'll get a push, she'll get TV time, she'll be featured. Um, when she wouldn't continue to do it, then they decided to just let her go from the company. And then many years later on, uh, she ended up getting nearly $8 million, <clears throat> as long as she agreed to not talk about it. So, let's see, you, you got, you have a certain group of people who will be saying, well, it was her own choice, it was his own choice, and they're consenting adults, and... He didn't force her to do it, and she agreed to it, then she agreed to it. Okay. But what about her agreeing to do something, and then he doesn't follow up on his end of it? Yeah, but that happens. Sometimes you're with someone and it doesn't work out. Right, it's not the same thing, but let's, let's roll with it. The fact is... If any one of us working lower on the totem pole than Vince McMahon is for his own company, if any one of us propositions someone, it, um, it might not even be an HR phone call. It might just be an immediate firing. Like, you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to use that power. And if you did use that power once and got away with it, and the person agreed once, but felt horrible about it, regretted doing it once, and refused to do it again, and then you fire them, chances are you're getting fired as well. Like, this is a real horrible abuse of power here, on so, so many levels, but he doesn't have to answer to anyone. Oh, he's got the board. Yeah, well, obviously the board's not looking for stuff like this because it took someone else to investigate to find it. 
is it have these numbers been buried there forever yeah it looks like but the people on the board didn't care and certain other people didn't care and it took this independent investigation when i mean take whatever job you have in in an office or you know a, a store or whatever business and if you have someone come in and you tell her if you do this for me i'll promote you and there's someone above you you're gone you were gone and fired and honestly um in some situations you could be charged with things as well you know depending on how this turned out uh, and but everyone's like oh yeah go vince and, and people are theorizing over who it was and it doesn't really matter oh well she got all the money yeah but is that worth it like how many bad things in life do you want to go through and have someone say well i give you money for it like that doesn't make it doesn't make certain pain and, and betrayal and regret and everything go away for it. Um, and then especially, and, and also if it is who we think it is, um, it's someone who really wanted to succeed and wanted to do her best. And if she thought this was what it took to be to that level, was willing to. And ironically, uh, did a lot and very well for another company and i think is a whole of fame level for work done for that company um you know behind the scenes promotion stuff like that like heart and soul for it um so it's someone that wanted to do it and you're taking advantage of you know bright-eyed uh full of life and energy and dreams and it's just gross and then the way when he comes out and you know you got a certain segment fan just cheering him on listen we've seen dark side of the ring there were rape allegations in the 80s there's horrible rumors and and possible things over years did he create something that we can all enjoy yes but is he a good person? No, he's not. It's absolutely not. So why do you watch WWE? Well, because me watching still helps people I enjoy get paid. Look at the reaction for Liv Morgan winning money in the bank. Like people were so thrilled and so happy and just going nuts for it because it's someone that we've seen work so hard and always get close but never actually get it you know the last one standing from riot squad there um you know title opportunities or rumbles or tag matches or or whatever and never getting anything for it and we all just wanted it like that's someone to support you know uh you had the the john cena 20 years thing but look at all that he's done as a human being look at all the good he's done the rock's done a ton of good in the world you know um new day street profits like they're people for that company that just enjoy being a wrestler a sports entertainer and using that uh platform to do more good for world titus o'neill trying to change the world through that you know there are good people for it that you want to support but unfortunately the person um at the top who 
signs these people and decides if they're on TV or not, and apparently for, you know, the wrong reasons there, is just not a good person. Um, you know, maybe, uh, you know, you and a wise person said this, you don't buy a shirt with the company name on it, you buy a shirt for the wrestler's name on it, because then at least the wrestler's getting some money. It's not all going to the company. You know, and, and we you know, get a, get a figure, get an autograph, like something to support the individuals more so than the company there. Oh, just rough. Okay. Comics this week. I tried getting to more than I did, I was not able to. Um, I was I was trying to read more, but the last week was just crazy busy for me. Might be why I'm burnt out right now. But in my process of you know, hey, maybe I should let some of these comics go. Is also, hey, maybe I should read some of the ones I actually wanted to read. And some of them I might read the one time and go, okay, I'm good, and get rid of it. And some I might keep. Who knows? But anyways, uh, I read Poison Ivy number one. Um written by the same woman who uh, wrote Ms. Marvel and made that uh, amazing comic, now a Disney Plus show. Um, but I was reading Poison Ivy, I'm like, God, this is good. This is really, really good. Uh, there's a horror element to it. There's, you know, broken person. There's heartbreak. There's um, a, a looming bad thing, I'll say, to be spoiler-free. Um, ridiculously well-written, uh, all sorts of creepy, but interesting, and then I know as I'm reading this, I'm like, I'm missing something. And I'm reading this and enjoying it, and I could read it on its own, but I just got the feeling I might enjoy it more if I knew something else. So I reached out uh, on the internet, and I'm like, hey, I'm enjoying Poison Ivy, but clearly something happened. What should I be, what should I have read beforehand? And it's pretty much like I should have read Fear State. And uh, there, it looks like there's a collection out there for Fear State and the one-shots that, like, really tie into it. I'm like, okay, that'll help. And I'll probably do that. But it got me thinking. I was like, oh my god, this is probably how f people are feeling for the Marvel movies right now. Or even people when they first start getting into comics. So, I'm reading Poison Ivy. I understood the story on its own. I had no problem with it. I enjoyed it on its own. But I knew there was something more. And they make references and they explain it very well and keep moving. But I knew that there was more and I would enjoy it more if I could go through all of that. So, then I see Thor, which I'll talk about at the end. Um... But also, like, uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse Madness. If you didn't see WandaVision, they do, like, a real quick here's what's up that I really didn't think was enough. Um, and I watched WandaVision and enjoyed it. But, yeah, I didn't think, like, there was enough for it. Um, with the Marvels coming up, I wonder, you got Monica Rambeau real quickly in WandaVision, um, and you got Miss Marvel, but how, for the people that didn't watch those shows, they're going to just go see the Marvels in theater, how are you going to get them caught up on this? On, you know, what was there, like, uh, nine episodes of WandaVision and six of Ms. Marvel? Like, how are you going to get them caught up on all the stuff that happens there that will tie into this, if you do at all? And I, you know, uh, I've made 
points before of putting in the work. And when I got into comics, I was enjoying it. You know, I, I uh, an issue of Spectacular Spider-Man was the first comic that, it was what I considered my first comic. There were comics that, you know, I'd read before, but that's what started it. Um, and then I'm reading through and I'm seeing ads for stuff and I'm seeing mentions. So I go and I grab Daredevil and I grab West Coast Avengers and I grab more Spider-Man. I grab Punisher and I keep going. And then I discover comic stores and I was like, well, let me find stuff. Let me, let me learn. And that's where I discovered the, uh, guide to the Marvel universe and then the DC who's who and the guide to the marvel universe there and they've done a few different collections and again that's one that i'm trying to complete just for my own amusement here's you know a through z of every character who is ever appeared in marvel so you go with spider-man and it's going to be you know five six pages it goes through all of spider-man so that's where me first starting reading comics i learned about uncle ben and then all of his villains, and then here's Kingpin, who I thought was Daredevil thing, but now he showed up with Spider-Man, here's the Gwen Stacy story, and here's Green Goblin, and learning so much, and then I'd find more of these, I'm like, okay, I just read about Spider-Man, where's the book that has other ones? Okay, here's all the G's, and I find out about Gwen Stacy and Green Goblin. Well, Stacy would have been an S, you know what I mean. And because it's written a little bit differently, I'm learning more for the story. So I'm putting in the work, though. So as I'm going on these things, I end up learning a ton about Marvel and about DC. So then anyone else coming along later, like when Image came along or Valiant or Ultraverse, it's a fresh start. I didn't need to know other stuff. But I got really caught up on Marvel because I did the work to learn it. But your average movie-going public really doesn't want to learn stuff. They want to go to a movie for two, two and a half hours. Like, they don't want to read articles beforehand. They don't want to watch things beforehand. They just want to go into the movie. Even if it's sequels to stuff, so often people have to say, okay, what happened in the last one? Uh, I don't remember. That was years ago. You know, the, the retention isn't there at all. Um, but people have been mentioning a few things that maybe the Marvel movie should do. And the more and more we're doing for Disney Plus, the more and more I think we're going to need to do these things. Um, one is there should really be an advertisement for comics before a Marvel movie. It could just be like, you know, hi, I'm Chris Hemsworth. You're about to watch me in Thor. If you want to read more of Thor or the Jason Aaron stories that this story came from, you know, check 1-800-COMIC-BOOK, or, you know, go on Comic Book Locator, find a store near you, you know, it's an easy way to do it, and, <clears throat> I don't know, you could say something like, uh, get a free comic if you mention this ad, I don't know, there's gotta be some way to get people into the store for that, but just advertise something, let people know what's going on for the comics there, but then the other thing, and again, the more we get going, People have mentioned this for Korg, or people have mentioned it for, uh, I forget the character's name from Ant-Man. Um, but to have someone give you a quick rundown before the movie starts. Okay, here's what's going on. Like, remember when Marvel, for a little bit, uh, I think it was mid, no, I think it was late 90s, late 90s, early 2000s. When you opened the front cover, inside the front cover was a breakdown of, here's what happened last issue. So it'd be like, here's all the characters, here's a quick little 
background. Spider-Man, Peter Parker, bitten by spider. Okay, has powers. You know, um, it would be a quick breakdown, then say previously, and, and it would give you the rundown of what the story had been to that point. So if that was your first issue, you're all caught up and you could keep going. So even just a quick thing of that, hey, um, you know, all right, Thor, Love, and Thunder. If you forgot what happened in Thor 1, 2, 3, granted, they do a really good job of getting caught up on here, if you did. But if you forgot what happened in Thor 1, 2, 3, here you go. It, Doctor Strange, hey, here's what happened on WandaVision in like three minutes, just to get you caught up, in case you didn't sit through all of that. I, as a comic reader, I'm willing to do the work. I've rewatched a lot of these movies at home, just for fun, with my kid, whatever it might be. But um, I think your average movie-going audience is not putting in the work, and we need to do something to continue with keeping them. Even though apparently Thor had the fifth highest opening for a Marvel movie, so it's not like they're hurting. But, you know, uh, I, I feel like some hand-holding is going to need to be done the bigger the franchise gets here. Um, in other news about not knowing something that's going to happen. So my kid has started to watch Teen Titans. He's not watching Teen Titans Go. We're going to get there. He wants to watch that first Teen Titans series and then go into Teen Titans Go. And I forgot how, like, that does have some silliness, uh, huge anime um, influences. But it's not silly as Teen Titans Go, but what is, you know. But it does have, like, some silliness, some humor, but, like, really deep stuff, too. I think it was just the second episode, uh, Starfire and Raven switch bodies, and in order to defeat the bad guy, they have to understand how each other's powers work, so they have to really understand each other, and life histories, and, and dreams, and fears, and everything. Really amazing work for a kid to be like, oh, in order to understand someone's motivations, I really need to understand who they are. Like, just beautiful lesson in there. And uh, we're watching more and more, but he's also, my son's also been watching the DC animated movies as well. We're loving them. But he said, oh, there's a Titans animated movie. I'm like, well, there's a couple of them. He said, well, there's Teen Titans Judas Contract. I go, oh, jeez. I was like, listen, if you watch this, it will ruin something for you. You can watch this movie, or you can watch it happen on Teen Titans in season two. I was like, it's the same story. The same thing happens, but you're not going to like it. It's going to hurt. And so he's like, oh my gosh. You know, I mean, I, I think thinking like this is a serious conversation with my dad here. Like, what's going on? It's like, it's going to hurt. You're not going to like what happens. So it's up to you how you want to watch it. You can watch it quick in an hour and a half movie, or you can watch it over however many episodes in that season. But either way, it's going to hurt. And he said, uh, okay. I want to watch the show. I want to get it done. Or I want to watch the movie. I want I want to do it quick. I'm like, all right, bud. It's up to you. And so for those that don't know, spoiler alert here. I'm waiting. Spoiler alert. Okay. So if you're still here. And, it, and if you are still here, the next thing is going to be talking about Thor. So if you really don't want to be spoiled, just bow out now. Uh, MassLibrary.com. Alright, so Teen Titans Judas Contract is the iconic Teen Titans story, I'll say the number one Teen Titans story of all time, where Tara joins the team, you fall in love with her as a member, she's broken, she's hurt, but they're, she's trying to heal and they're trying so hard to heal her and make her part of the family and make her feel wanted and welcomed and everything, and then it turns out the whole time she's been a sleeper agent, literally in a way, 
uh, working with Deathstroke. And it is like the biggest Teen Titans story, so of course it's going to be adapted in every version of Teen Titans. So we watched it, the Judas Contract uh, DVD movie there. We watch it on that. And it still hurts. Like, I see it coming the whole way. Beast Boy makes it hurt so much more. Just his unconditional love for her. Trying the best for her. It hurts so much. Now, the version in the animated movie is not the classic version of Teen Titans from the comic series. What they end up doing is... Um, the team has Nightwing, Starfire, um, Raven, Terra, uh, Blue Beetle, Jaime Reyes, and Damian Wayne Robin. So it's definitely a different team. The interesting wrinkle, though, was adding Damian. So when the stuff with Terra is found out, um, Beast Boy, who obviously part of the team as well, but I'd mention him. Um, Beast Boy's trying to get her back, trying to say, we can help you, still showing her love, even though she's just betrayed the team. Damien says to her, pretty much, I know what it's like. She's like, how can you know what, I go what I've gone through? He's like, I know what it's like to be raised by a villain, being told that the world is your enemy being told that everyone's out to get you. And when you are finally giving love and friendship and family, you can't accept it because all of your life has been raised not to. And I'm like, oh my God, Damien here adds this whole other level to it that is awesome. Like, honestly, if, if that series was written today, brand new, I think Damien should be in it because this was a great example given. And really, like, I need to read more Damien in the comics, because Damien in these animated ones, I'm loving the character. Absolutely loving him for it. And this was, like, really deep, and, like, it's hitting me, too. So, um, at some point, I know we're continuing with the Teen Titans show, so at some point we'll get to the terror story for this, for the show as well. I think it's going to hit just as hard. Very curious about it. Um, and we got to do Miss Marvel, and we're doing Thor today, but I saw Thor with the guys from the comic store. Uh, any big release lately? Um, we've been doing like a uh, comic store employee and cool people uh, screening for it. So I got to see Thor. So once again, if you're here and you haven't seen Thor, bow out now. Wait a minute. Okay. I really liked it. And it sounds like a lot of people didn't. And I don't know what you were looking for. So some people are saying it's too jokey. Okay, but we love that for Ragnarok. Like this new version of Thor. And it's jokey when it needs to be jokey. And it's serious when it needs to be serious. But you know what? Marvel succeeded where DC failed because Marvel was willing to be light and be jokey and take the piss out of things sometimes, you know? So I'm all for Marvel being jokey and I don't see why people would not like it. Um, but also, in a much longer conversation than the past week that I kind of regret getting into because it was so long, 
there was a debate over the Kevin Smith films. So what I bring into Kevin Smith films and what other people bring in are two different things. And what I bring into Thor, Love and Thunder, and what other people bring in are two different things. Kevin Smith films spoke to me at certain points in my life, and it was what I needed to hear. He's a little bit older than me, eight years, eight years older than me, maybe. Um, and he seemed to hit certain things in life and digest them and come up with a thought about them for the world as I was getting to those points in my life and needing someone to help me make sense of it. So, Clerks and Mallrats were, you know, I feel like I'm too smart for this mediocre job, but I'm also too scared to try any harder. Okay, from there. <laughs> uh, chasing Amy. Hey, I'm starting to be out there in the world with more than just, you know, a high school girlfriend here. And people have had relationships before we're together. They've had experiences before we're together. And what does that say about me and what I'm comfortable with? And do I have to live up to what they've done before, but do they have to live up to what I've done before? And is their past something that needs to be recreated so it can be a shared experience? Like real deep discussions about where people have been in relationships. Dogma comes along. Hey, I was raised my whole life in this religion, but as I have expanded in the world and met more people and interacted with a variety of people, I'm realizing that this little window I was in is probably not perfect, and I may be blind to other things in the world. And maybe there's not one true religion, but maybe maybe lots of people got good ideas. Bad ideas, too. Um, Jersey Girl. Here's who I was in my life before having a kid, and now my kid needs to come first. And does that take away who I am? You know? Um, even, like... So I, I absolutely love the end of Clerks 2... Which end up being, I could be okay in my life, whatever my job is, if I could feel a sense of control over it. And in that control, achieve happiness. If I can call my own shot, I could be happy wherever I am. Okay. Like, that resonated a lot. Um... Jane Silent Bob Reboot, I think, is about another generation. Like, all right, uh, how can I help someone new not make the same mistakes I did? You know, and, and yeah, there's lots of dick and fart jokes and stupid stuff and all these too, but the, the true emotional core there. So Thor, Love and Thunder, I think the true emotional core of it is how how do I deal with loss and how does that loss change me so 
Thor feels like he's lost Jane, he's lost his father, he's lost his brother, he's lost Asgard, um, he's lost the Avengers, you know, he's still dealing with some of his PTSD from Thanos, Jane's losing her life, quite literally, um, Gore loses his whole planet, his whole world, but especially his daughter, um, you know, how do we deal with, you know, pretty much waking up one day and knowing everything I had beforehand is gone? What do I do? Do I move forward or do I just stop and die? I don't know which one to do. And some days are easier than others. Some days are better than others. Sometimes you feel you have help. Some days you feel you're all alone. But I can move forward vengefully, you know, um, feeling like the world, my gods, everything betrayed me, or I can move forward and try to make things better, try to find purpose again, meaning, and right now, that resonated with me a lot. What am I going to do here? Am I going to, you know, be gore and just destroy everything in my path because everything else needs to hurt as bad as I've hurt? And I'll justify it by saying, you know, the gods don't care for us. The gods don't hear anything. But really, I'm just trying to fill that hurt of the loss of my child with hurting everyone else? Or do I go the way of Thor? Of, alright, if I can't help myself, maybe I can help other people. You know, he goes on these battles, he goes on these missions. Um, and eventually, I need to confront the thing that has hurt me the most, and see if I can make this better. And then, through Thor and Jane, he finds... Um, something worth hurting for. You know, if I'm going to hurt, at least I'm hurting for a reason. You know, if if, if something bad's going to happen, at least it seems worth it this time. You know? And it just absolutely resonated with me. There is also an amazing scene. I thought it was great in the third act that I'm going to see the movie again later today with my kid and I can't wait for him to see that third act. I think he will lose his mind. I cannot wait for it. I'm so excited to see to see it again through his eyes. Cannot wait. Um but I think the movies, comics, books, music, like all sorts of entertainment, certain things have to speak to you at certain times. Even as I'm purging these comics, you know, I'm getting rid of, you know, stuff that doesn't feel right for me at time. You know, it doesn't feel like I have any interest in it right now. I'm always finding things that if I read this comic, watched this movie, enjoyed this thing a year ago, two, five, whatever, even a month ago at times, it wouldn't hit me the way it is right now. You're meant to discover things when you're meant to discover them. 
if you say, I don't know, maybe you never watched Star Wars or The Godfather or, um, I don't know, Red Hook Finn. I don't know, anything. You know, stuff that people would look at you and say, what, you've, you've never done that before? Maybe it's waiting for you to be at a certain point in your life where you're absolutely ready for it and it means more. And you can't rush that. It has to happen when it's supposed to happen. And what I think is supposed to happen right now is I think I've talked enough. Could go get ready for the day. I got a movie to go see. But I thank you all for listening, for sticking with me for all of this and all of life. And I hope I made some sense today. If you'd like to respond to any of this, uh, good, bad, or, or ideas for next week, at Masked Library across most social medias, masklibrary.com is the home blog. This is presented by the Retro Network. Please go on Retro Network for all sorts of good posts and podcasts. And if you just want to reach out to me directly, masklibrary at gmail.com. Thank you so much for sticking with me. Who knows what we'll talk about next week. Hopefully I feel better right now. I'm really thinking I don't want to do anything this week. I want to take a week off from anything other than work and just try to feel better. Maybe get through some comics. Who knows? Tune in next week.